for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Go to Mark chapter 4. We're going to go back talking about the kingdom of God this morning, and we're going to get into some of your life this morning, into some of my life, and uh, hopefully we can see things from God's perspective rather than our perspective. It's one thing to say I'm in the image and likeness of God. It's another thing to think like God and act like God and respond like God. And as we continue to grow in the things of the Lord through the Word of God and the Spirit of God, the more we grow into the image and likeness of Him, the better things are going to be in our life because that's the way we were designed to live. We were designed to live in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And basically, the more we move into that, the more we're going to have a fulfilled life. Jesus came to bring us life and life more abundantly. Well, I just don't want to stop at life. I want to go into life more abundantly, praise God. All right, Mark chapter 4. Look at verse 11. And Jesus said unto them, Unto you is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without all these things are done in parables, that seeing they may see and not perceive, hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. Notice the word there, converted. Say converted. converted. The kingdom of God is a conversion kingdom. It is a kingdom that expects its citizens to come into it to be converted to the way that the kingdom of God operates and the way heaven operates. How many know heaven's real? It's a real place. It's a real country. It's a real thing. And basically, at this time, he's telling you that you have to be converted, basically, to the ways of the kingdom of God. When man fell, basically, they lost the kingdom. They lost their dominion. They lost the ways of the kingdom of God. They lost how to act in the kingdom of God. It's much like, you know, when we went on this cruise and you'd go to a foreign country like Mexico we went to. If you go to Mexico and you were going to move there, how many of you know if you move there, you were going to have to do things a lot differently than you were doing in the United States? all these years because they do things differently there. Everything's different. So you'd have to be converted to the way that Mexico does their things in order to fit in there, live there, abide by the laws, and do everything. Well, it's the same way when we get born again and we get in the kingdom of God, all at once we are now citizens in a kingdom that we've never been in before. And that kingdom operates different, it thinks different, it acts different, it does everything different than the way we were trained to do down here. The world system is a mess. I don't know if you realize it or not, but the world system is a mess. The way people are responding in the world, the way they're doing things in the world, everything is falling apart. So once I get born into the kingdom of God, I've got to learn how to talk kingdom talk. I've got to learn how to think kingdom thoughts. I've got to learn how to live kingdom ways because that is the only way you're going to be successful are the kingdom way. The world's ways do not work here in the natural realm. You're just going to live like everybody else down here who's defeated, depressed, down and out, broke, and everything else. So we want to think and line up with heaven. In order to do that, we must be converted. Say converted. converted. All right, look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, look at verse 22. It tells you that you need to put off concerning the former lifestyle or conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of where? Of your mind. Say, my mind. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and in true what? Holiness. Now, notice here it's telling you something here that in the old days, before you got born of the kingdom of God, you were one person. When you got saved, regenerated, born into the kingdom of God, you became a new man. Say a new man. new man. 
you become a brand new person at that time. Your nature's changed on the inside. The only problem is your way of thinking has not been changed. So many Christians have the nature of God on the inside, but they're still operating the way that the world operates. Therefore, there's a conflict between this ain't working out, Christianity doesn't work, I don't know why God doesn't help me, I don't know all these things. Well, there's certain laws and rules in the kingdom that you must line up to in order to get the results of the kingdom of God. Are you following me? And those mystery, it says here, the mystery is there for us to understand these ways so we can live in these ways and operate in these ways. So as soon as I got born again, December 21st, 1985, 8 o'clock in the evening, at that time, I was completely changed. Say completely changed. And at that time, but I still thought the same. I still, I was, I was a sinner. I was no good. I couldn't do anything. God was way up here. He didn't want to do anything with me. He didn't want me even in heaven to begin with. I was doing all this. And all that stuff had to be converted or a conversion had to take place in my mind to understand that God loved me. Now I'm created in righteousness and true holiness. I'm not a sinner anymore. I've been made in the image and likeness of God. So all these transformations and conversions had to take place for me to start operating in and receiving from the kingdom of God that God had given me. Go to Romans chapter 12. The church in this day and hour is messed up because the church has not gone through conversion. It's gone through regeneration. Yes, I'm born again. Are you going to heaven? Yes. Then why do you act like the devil all your way on the way to heaven? Why do you still think the same way? Why do you still act the same way? Why do you still do the same way? Well, it's because you've not renewed your mind to the constitution of the kingdom of God, which changes the way you think, the way you talk, the way you see things, because we want to see things the way God was. God says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. He didn't say you're just going to remain stupid. No, he said that the word of God will come down and it'll get on the inside of you and it'll change the way that you think and line you up with my kingdom so you can be successful. All right, Romans chapter 12, look at verse 2. Here it tells you no longer to be conformed to this world, but be transformed or converted by the renewing of your what? That you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and the perfect will of who? So here's telling us once again, there's got to be a change in our minds that takes place so we line up and we think like kingdom people. You can, you can throw anything out there, tithing. Before I got saved, tithing was the worst thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Why would I take my hard-earned money, give it to some preacher up there so he could get a new suit? That's the way I felt about it. I mean, it's stupid. It's ridiculous. Once I got born again and I started reading the Bible, I found out that there was a God's way to be successful financially. There's a way that you can sow just even 10%, which is minimal in my opinion, but it gets you to be a giver. How many know God's a giver? So I'm lining up more with God and righteousness of a giving thing. And when I do that, God opens, can now open up heaven because I'm lined up with him. I'm in right standing with him. And it opens up the windows of heaven to get one cruise, two crews, three crews, four crews, 10 crews, 20 crews. Stop, Lord. 30 crews. Stop, please. Four. So they just keep coming. Do you see? And it's not something I'm every day going, oh, Lord, we got to have a cruise. We got to have one. Trust me, I never thought about it. Now, she I'm in praying for it. I don't know. Probably. Because we're a little bit different, see? But I'll tell you what, God blesses you in areas that you're not even looking for a blessing when you line up with the kingdom of God because all you can get from the kingdom of God and heaven is blessings. And nothing else he can give you but blessings because it's a whole blessed place up there. So when you line up with it. So he says you have to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And then the Bible talks about two ways you can go. There's a broad way you can go. What's that? The world's way. The way the world does this, the way the world does that, the way the world does this. And all that leads to in the end is destruction. Or there's this narrow way. There's this itsy bitsy narrow way to do it. What is that narrow way? God's way. Not up for debate. Not you trying to change his mind. Not you telling him it's a better way. 
because you know it's going to work for you. No, God's way. So that, that basically that narrow way that you get in brings you into life and life more abundantly. What am I doing? I'm being converted. Say converted. converted. Now, the best thing about the kingdom of God that I found out is you can go as far as you want in conversion. You can stop wherever you want, or you can go as far as you want. You can love the people who love you, kingdom, and not like the people who don't like you, not kingdom, and stop right there at that conversion. So you make the choice of how far you go with your money, with your friends, with your family, with everything else, lining up to the kingdom of God. You can go into a total conversion, or part conversion, or some conversion, maybe a little bit of conversion, maybe some. It's entirely up to you, but it's all based on the kingdom of God to live a lifestyle. He wants you to live in right standing with him, peace and joy in the... Holy Ghost. All right, go to Colossians chapter 3. All right, Colossians chapter 3, look at verse 10. Here once again it says, And have put on the kingdom or the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Hallelujah. Now notice, this scripture right here, in my life, has been one of the toughest ones to deal with because it's basically talking about divisions of not only race, but divisions between different kind of people, different religions, different financial wealthy people to the other people. There's divisions that are there, and no matter where you came out of, you already established a mindset of being there. Are you following me? So if you came out of a poor background, you came out of it with a poor mindset. And you may look down on rich people because you've been a poor people. So you probably you worked hard all your life and they must have stole or robbed a bank or did something to get where they're getting. So whenever somebody you run into who's rich, you get upset. Maybe you were raised someplace where there were all white people or all black people. Then all at once you go out in the world and you run into somebody with a different color. And all at once you've never, you've heard about them. You've heard about what they will do. And that's your, your form of mindset. But here what he's trying to do is make sure that there's nothing in your life that will keep you from having divisions broken in your life so that you can walk in perfect love with every single person, which is the main law of the kingdom of God. So notice what he says here. He says, first of all, Greek and Jew. In other words, there's no room for racial distinction. Circumcised or uncircumcised. There's no room for religious distinctions. Barbarian, Scythian, cultural differences, slave or free, social or economic differences. There is no room in that kind of thinking whatsoever. You have to be transformed or converted in your thinking to see people the way God sees people. Say there's no room. There's no room for any division. Now, if you just want to go back and you want to go way back to the beginning, there's only one basic humanity, mankind. That's it. One day, God didn't create a rich mankind, poor mankind, black mankind. There's mankind. Say mankind. So there's only one basic humanity out there whatsoever. And in each and every person, no matter who they are, where they were raised, what they got, there are infinite possibilities placed on the inside of them by God to do things that are marvelous and magnificent on the inside of them. There's a call of God in them. I don't care where they live, where they came from. I don't care how big a house they got, how small a house they got. On the inside of every person that God created, there is a possibility on the inside of you to become all that God has placed on the inside of you in spite of the outside that may try to hold you back or keep 
you down in any situation. Now, what's the key? The key is faith in God. I'm talking about real faith in God. Once you get real faith in God, who he is, can trust him in any area of your life, you'll start to develop faith in people. If you don't have faith in God, you won't have faith in people because you will look at people in a different light than God looks at. You know, the best thing I found out was how God looked at me. It's certainly not how I looked at me. And it certainly wasn't how my everybody around me looked at me. But when I got in the Bible and saw that God loved me, that I was precious to God, that he cared about me, that he would never leave me nor forsake me, that he was going to prosper, that he was going to do after my, my God, this is a good guy. I'm glad I got in here. He, he's he's going to be good to me, I think. Things are looking up, praise God. And what did that do? It helped me to put faith in him and trust in him and love in him. I mean, faith works by love, but if you don't, can't love anybody, how's your faith going to work? So more faith you get in God, trusting him, loving him, understanding, the more faith you will then have in people, basically. And what does that do? That will transform people who are nobodies into somebodies. It'll transfer fishermen into teachers. It'll transfer losers into winners. What happens? It's the conversion that takes place in your mind, basically, through the kingdom of God. When you get born in the kingdom of God, you're on the same playing field with everybody else. It's a spiritual rebirth. It's not a physical rebirth. It's spiritual. So when I got born in the kingdom of God, I'm just as much son of God as anybody else out there. I don't care where they live, how much money they got or anything else. I am a son of the living God either way. I am a citizen of another country now called heaven that I have rights in that kingdom. No matter whether I'm young, old, in between, anything else, I have the same things. Why? Because I was born into the kingdom of God and that's where I'm at right now. Go to Acts chapter 4. All right, Acts chapter 4, look at verse 7. And when they set, had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, you rulers of the people and elders of Israel. Now notice, this took place after the guy was crippled at the, at the gate. Basically, there was a miracle done, and John and Peter are there, and basically they saw the miracles. So what happened? The official leaders, or the official hierarchy... <laughs> of the church at that time came to them and were appalled that they basically healed a person when they weren't part of the hierarchy. You're not a Pharisee. You're not a Sadducee. You're not in our group of 10 when we sit around making all these decisions. What right do you have of healing this man down here? What was it? It was the first introduction of the kingdom of God that everybody's on the same playing field. That whether you wore the head thing, whether you wore the robe, no matter what color robe you wore, it don't matter what collar you wore, every person was on the same playing field. And here comes Peter and John, just regular old fishermen, healed, guy jumps up, starts running around, and how many know the hierarchy said, they can't do this. It's ridiculous. You can't do this kind of stuff. Why? Because they had a mindset that divided people, divided different sects of people, and that same mindset has been passed down to us in certain areas of our life. Those are there, and I'm continually detecting those in my own life, seeing that some of that's still there. Oh, yeah, some of that's still there. Oh, yeah, there I am. I'm jumping on Peter and John again, for God's sakes. And I'm starting to realize in my own life, some of these things have to be changed. All right, look at verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were just stupid, unlearned, and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. But beholding the man was healed standing there, really took the argument away, didn't it? 
These people are ignorant. They're unlearned. They ain't like us. But what are we supposed to say? There stands that guy. How many know they'd have been happier if that guy would have never got healed? If he'd still be by that gate with his little tin cup asking for money. Why? Because at that time, introduced into them was a different group of people, kingdom of God people, who were on the same playing field, the same level, who could do the same thing, no matter what culture, what background, what else. It was all there, praise God. So one thing you're going to have to do in the kingdom of God, you're going to have to become race blind. I mean, this country just continues to put it out there, put it out there, put it out there. Race blind. It doesn't matter. The person's outside. Are you listening to me? What matters is on the inside. They're a spiritual being. I would never get mad at you because you have a block house and I have a wood house. So why should you get mad if I've got white skin or if they've got black skin or if they've got Mexican skin or whatever skin? See, it's so the kingdom of God is deeper than this. Are you following me? If you're still struggling with that, you ain't even close to the kingdom of God. I don't know what kingdom you're in, but you're clear on the outside someplace. I remember when we first, uh, Freddie and Bayer were taking off, and at that time we had Ben and Latasha and had come on associate pastors, and they were on for probably about six or eight months, and one time we took off and we let Latasha preach, and I was in a Wendy's up here. I think I was still working at the post office even at that time, and I went in a Wendy's and somebody came in and says, are you that pastor from the church up on US1? I said, yeah. I'm the pastor from there. He said, we were there Sunday, but you weren't there. Were those your associate pastors? I said, yeah, they're my associate pastors. She said, you're the one with the black associate pastors? And I thought, my God, they're black. They're black. I've been with them for five years. I never noticed it before. (laughs) My associate pastors are black. Oh, my God. It never even occurred to me. Do you understand? And they had black children. Thank God. (laughs) We won't go there. That could have cost your associate pastors if they came out white. But what was it? You don't look at people by the color of their skin or anything. You don't even hardly even notice it when you're in the kingdom of God. It doesn't make any difference to you at that time. Why? Because we're growing into a place like God. Do you think God cares? No. He's concerned with each and every person, praise God. Every time you reject people for the way they look, you reject the kingdom of God. Because that's what the kingdom of God is all about, accepting. And I'll tell you, you can't judge people by their outward appearance. And we're living in a generation where I think it's the toughest ever at my age. I'm going to be honest right now. Toughest ever to accept people by the way they look on the outside. I mean, we've got some people who have tattoos everywhere. We've got people who have rings everywhere. Not just on your finger. I mean, they're in their lips. They're in their nose. They're in their tongues. They're every single place that you want to do. They got tattoos. So we got some guys with long hair. We got some women with real short hair now. We, I mean, we've got, we got girls who look like guys. We got guys who look like girls. There's many reasons for us to have division right now when you see people. But you've got to come to the place and understand that God is only interested in the spiritual part of them, not in the house that they're living in, not how many tattoos they have, not how many rings they have, not how many things. And all these things are slowly being weeded out of me. And I mean, we just came from Key West. You want a challenge? You want to challenge you with outward people? Go down there and watch the people go by a little bit. My God, was that human? Yeah. I mean, there's some things down there you, you wouldn't believe even if you saw them at the time. And I had to keep reminding myself. I wonder, you praise God, hallelujah, they're spiritual people. God loves that person. Glory to God. God doesn't care that they look like that. There goes one with right blue and orange hair. There goes one with no hair. There goes one with earrings every place else. There goes... But what is it? You can get pulled into that outer appearance. Do you see what I mean? And all at once, you, 
that's it. You know, I don't want to deal with that people. And you'll start shying away from people. But notice, every person is a spiritual being that God is interested in. And if we're going to be kingdom of people like the kingdom of God, then we are going to have to go deeper than what we see on the outside or what they look like on the outside. Just because they have earrings doesn't mean you have to get any. And you don't have to get a tattoo. You can do whatever you want to do, and they can do whatever they can do. But they're doing it basically, are you following, to their outside physical body, and that shouldn't detour us from doing it. Go to Galatians chapter 6. All right, Galatians chapter 6, look at verse 14, but God forbid that I should glory except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision but a new creature and as many as walk according to this rule, peace and mercy will be in their life. Now this is important if you want peace and mercy in your life, isn't it? Notice what it says. One thing matters, not whether they're circumcised or uncircumcised, not whether they have 52 earrings or no earrings, not whether they're tattooed all over or don't have any tattoos, not whether they're black or white, orange or purple, whatever it is. Notice the only thing that matters is, are they a new creation? Have they entered into the kingdom of God? And if you look at people from that aspect, rather than the outward aspect, you know what you end up with? You end up living in peace and mercy here on the earth. Because how many know it upsets you sometimes when you see people that look like they do? It doesn't upset them. They don't even know that you don't like the way they look. They're just walking down the street, but you see them. Boy, look at that one. I'm telling you. I wonder what their parents look like right now. All this stuff. What is it? That's division that's trying to made through the outer thing. Don't get caught into judging people by the house they live in. Don't do it, praise God. Has no dim- The question is, are they a new creation or are they not a new creation? Uh, are they part of the kingdom of God or are they not part of the kingdom of God? I mean, there's many people who looked terrible at one time and then got born again. I mean, no, they still got the earrings. They still got the tattoos that they had before, but a change has been made on the inside of them. And that's the key from kingdom people. Kingdom people look at the spirit of somebody. They don't look at the natural realm and are influenced by the natural realm. Well, I'm not going to talk to that person. Why? Because they look like that. Well, why not? They need born again just as much as the other person does, for goodness sakes. So it depends how you're looking at, how you're seeing people, what it's doing to you, and it changes. All right, circumcision and uncircumcision. Say circumcision. Circumcision. Say uncircumcision. What's this talking about? The difference between religions, Jews and Greeks, Catholics and Protestants, Christians and Islam, denominations and non-denominations. Every church thinks they're the church and thinks they're the kingdom of God. They are not. The kingdom of God is bigger than any church. There are churches who are part of the kingdom, but the kingdom is the kingdom itself. So our church that we have here is a small part of the kingdom of God. We're trying to teach kingdom doctrine so we grow up in the way of kingdom because that's what Jesus taught and that's what we're doing here. So basically, we don't want to get into a war with anybody else on their doctrines. Are you following me? Well, we believe this and we believe that. We don't believe that. We ain't talking to them because they don't believe this. We don't believe that. We don't believe that. The only thing that makes you a family is one thing. You have the same daddy. That's it. I don't care what denomination. I don't care if you're Catholic if you're born again, Methodist born again, Baptist you're born again. We brothers and sisters, whether you like it or not. Well, you, whether you like the way I act or like the way I walk or whatever I do, we're still brothers and sisters. How I many you know in your own family, you may have a brother and sister you don't get along with? You may. Probably a couple of us in here. But what is that? You're still family, aren't you? 
You still came from the same daddy. You're still part of the same family. It's the same way here. And we argue over doctrines. Well, we believe that you should baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Well, we believe in our denomination. You just baptize in the name of Jesus. Well, that ain't the way it is. Well, that is too the way it is. It is not the way it is. Your people aren't even baptized. Oh, yes, they are. Their sins aren't even... God doesn't care how you baptize. He cares if you're living a baptized life or not. He cares if your character is lining up with the kingdom of God. I don't care how much water they put on your head. I don't care how many incantations they throw over the top of you. Come on now. We're getting all this stuff. We're fighting back and forth and doing all this stuff. It doesn't matter. We're spiritual beings in a spiritual thing. What do you think about the rapture? I think it's pre-trip. I think it's mid-trip. I think it's post-trip. Well, it can't be post-trip because I found this scripture. Well, it can't be pre-trip because I found this scripture. No sense arguing over it. Let me just tell you when it happens, you'll know. You will know when it takes place, whatever pre or post or mid it is, you're going to know at that time, praise God. So what does he want us to do? He wants to live a life of rapture rather than arguing over when the rapture is going to take place. But you look at denominations, you look at churches, everybody's in argument about this or that. I mean, some of the stuff I see posted on Facebook, and I don't look there very often, is ministers making division with other ministers. Well, you shouldn't go to church anymore because God never wanted that. And God, hey, if you don't want to go to church, don't go. But don't involve anybody else. Stay home if you want to. But don't defer those people who want to learn something. Well, I don't need to learn anything. I come straight from the Holy Ghost. That's why you a mess. Because you've got about five Holy Ghosts talking to you. And only one of them is the real one at this time. Come on now. No sense having pastors pastors and teachers if we don't need them, for goodness sakes. Why would God mess around with that stuff? No, there's a way you can grow up. Can you get revelation on your own? Yes, you can, praise God. But don't divide people from doing what they should be doing just because of your belief. Hallelujah. I don't care about your belief. I care about you. I care about your character. I care about you growing in the things of God. I care about you loving your neighbor as you love yourself, loving with an unconditional way. So all these things are places where there is no room, basically, in our lives for these things. We're going to have to get along someday. So we might as well just start getting along right now, praise God. All right, it also says barbarian and Scythian. Say barbarian. Barbarian. Scythian. Scythian. Notice the Scythian was a culture. The barbarians, the Scythians were cultured. The barbarians were not cultured. In other words, they were too different. Some of them were more more educated than the other ones. Some of them were lowly educated. How many you know in this country, some of them that are highly educated are, are against the ones that are low educated. Some of them that are low educated are the, are the ones that are behind educated. Why is that? Because there's all these distinctions that take place in our life all over the place. And if you're going to enter the kingdom of God fully, you have to leave distinctions of race and stuff behind. You're going to have to look at the spiritual area of everything. Notice, slave or free. Say slave or free. Now, these last two really cut into it because what it deals with is basically society. It deals with economics. It deals with that kind of stuff. In the world today, the God of all things is money. The pursuit of most people is money. And what happens? Why do we want more money? Not only for ourselves, because it gives us a certain status. See, what did Jesus say? Jesus says, who by taking one little thought can raise your cupid of statue? In other words, you can't, you can't go any higher than you've already gone. Why is that? Because I am a member of an eternal kingdom of God with my father, God, as my daddy and me as his son. 
Everybody wants to go back and find their ancestry. Where did I come from two million years ago? And that's fine if you want to do that stuff, but I know where my ancestry came from. I came from God, bless God, and I'm not afraid to tell you. Are you a son of God? You bet your whatever, praise God, it is. Hallelujah. Yes, I'm a son of the living God. I belong in the kingdom of God. I'm a member of the kingdom of God. He and my daddy. And let me tell you another thing. He takes pretty good care of me, praise God. That's the way it is. Hallelujah. But most of the world out there, what are they after? They're after things of the world and even the church because they've not renewed their minds to the kingdom of God. So what do they do? They try to get the biggest house. They try to wear the certain dress. They, they, they carry the certain things with the emblems on them because they're better than everybody else. What are you trying to do? Trying to lift yourself up to a place higher than you already are, and you can't get no higher than you can in kingdom. You can do it in the world's way if you want to and raise yourself up and go to different things. So the primary of most, most people on the earth is social status, the upper class. We are the social status. Remember who did a song? Uh, was it Madonna? Madonna did a song, Material Girl. Number one all over the world for weeks upon end. Why is that? It clicked, didn't it? It clicked with material things. I'm a material girl. I'm a, everybody's a material person. They want things. They've got to have things. That's what their pursuit is. I've got to have this. I've got to have a car. I've got to have a boat. I've got to have everything to do. So what do we do? When we get there, we can look down then on the have-nots. See, I'm a basketball player making $40 million a year, so I'll speak because I think everybody's going to listen to what I say because of who I am, and most of those are complete idiots. They have no idea about God's kingdom or anything else. They have a worldly perspective and thinks that you should listen to them because they got a lot more money in you and they're in a higher place than you are. No, they're not in a higher place. If they're born again, they're in the same place. But if they're not, they're way down low, praise God, sometimes. Even come to a place, nah, I better not go there. I get in trouble there. You like trouble? Hallelujah. Glory to God. No. I might cause division. No, I'm just, I'm just saying if, if and when I write a book and if I put it out there for people to get the book, I will never offer to autograph your book. My autograph ain't any worth any more than your autograph. Are you following me? My signature on that book carries no weight whatsoever. Hopefully the book will carry something into your life. I mean, sports hero, you get an autograph. Oh my God, look at this piece of paper. I got an autograph from everybody here. So What? You see, why is that? Because they're famous, probably not as famous as you because they may not be in the kingdom and you are the kingdom of God. So what do we have? We have our generation, basically right here, right now, about my generation in this age group. Well, what did we do? We pursued wealth. We pursued this stuff. We wanted to be rich someday. We wanted to get someday. We wanted to do this stuff someday. So we spent all our time working a lot. We wanted to build houses way too big for what we needed. Then we wanted to buy a second house that we never lived in just so we'd have two houses, a winter home, summer home, spring home, fall home. Everybody got a home, praise God. Where do you live? I live here, there, over here, over there, over there. And I'm not saying it's bad to have these things. I'm saying if the reason for you is to have some status in this situation, then you're in a division area and you're living according to the world again. People buy the most expensive car they can do, then they drive the thing back and forth 16 hours a day trying to pay for the thing because they couldn't afford it to begin with. All these things are pursuits that are never going to bring you happiness, never going to bring you joy, because they're not kingdom things. They have to do with this world, this here right now, that status of me being up in the upper class, me being up here. This is who I am. You talk to people, most of the people talk about their great accomplishments and what they own and what they have and everything else. It doesn't mean a thing in the kingdom of God. And I'll tell you what, if they die, ain't taking none with them. I don't care if you've got four Rolls Royces, you ain't driving one up to the gates. You're going up all by yourself. And when you get there, Peter's not going to say, let's see, how many cars did you have? It takes three to get in here. 
four houses. The father wants you to have a lead. Did you have four? Just two? Oh, you're right here in the middle someplace. It has nothing to do with that, see? It has to do with the character on the inside of you and how you accepted these people and how you helped these people and how you did these things, praise God, because basically that's what it's all about. It's about spiritual issues, and the kingdom is always about spiritual issues first in your life. People buy expensive adult toys. They got boats. They got runners. They got all these things. Never got any time to to do anything with them anyway. And we've come to a place now where they've gathered so much stuff that all they want to do is give it to their kids. And by giving to their kids, their kids get something for absolutely nothing, never work a day in their life, got all these finances, got all these things like this, have no gratitude. Have you noticed the younger generation? They don't thank you. They expect you to do it. Why is that? Because things are being handed to them, being given to them, being all that. What is that doing? It's causing another division in the whole thing. So what do they do? They look up to rock stars. They look up to rappers. Can you imagine having a rapper as your idol? If that's the best you got and that's the trail you're on, God bless you. See, all this stuff is out here someplace. It has nothing to do with the kingdom of God, but we all pursue it. And then they have shows on TV, you know, how to become a millionaire. And everybody watches. Millionaire properties being flipped. See how you can do this stuff. All these things, what are they? To attract the young people into a lifestyle of a rapper who's now 25 years old, probably on every drug that there is, never worked one day in his life. He's got millions of dollars, and he looks like this guy out there that everybody wants to be around because they got financial blessings. He's got everything that you want. He's got everything the world can offer. But tell you, what does it do if you gain the whole world and lose your own soul? And most of them are gaining the whole world. They've got all kinds of stuff, either getting shot in the street, overdosing. Somebody the other day on TV was talking about uh, all the idols that we have that have died in music and we oh, it was on the ship and we need to get some more that come up and an idol, he says, idols like Michael Jackson. I'm thinking idol? The guy could sing. I'll give you that. I like his music but I really don't want to live a life like he lived, praise God, to a place where he OD'd. He had all kind of other issues and then of course they brought up Prince. Love Prince's music but Prince isn't my idol. I'll tell you, he ODs and kills himself. Is that where we want to go? Is that the people our kids are looking up to now? Is that, is that what they're striving to get just because these people have possessions out here? So what does it do? It causes a division, don't it? Why do people rob people? It's not to try to stay away from money. It's to get more, to raise their status up. Prostitutes out there, what for? To raise more money, to raise their status up. What are drug dealers into? Big bucks. Why am I going to do this? Because I can have a bunch and I can be a lord. I can be a drug lord. Rule the roost. See, all these things are worldly things that we got to be careful that we don't get caught into these worldly things. The Bible says, love not the world, but we love it. The things of this world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. What's the pride of life? Well, I've got all designer jeans, and I've got this and that, and I've got four houses, and I've got a big boat and all this stuff. None of that stuff really makes any difference in the kingdom of God. And if you look at that perspective, you're going to spend your whole life trying to get to a place, and when you arrive, you're going to find out you never wanted to go there to begin with. You're going to get to that place. It ain't going to work. So, so God and the kingdom of God wants to break that stuff off of our life a little bit at a time. Getting awful quiet in here. That's good, praise God. That means somebody's listening. So your self-worth has to do basically with you being born of the kingdom of God. You can't go any higher, praise God. You are a child and a son of the living God. That's where you belong. And basically that's where you are going to be. So why not pursue that rather than the things of this world. And that's what God's saying. If you'll seek first who you are, your position in the kingdom of God, do the work of the kingdom of God, you won't have to world worry about worldly things because they'll come after you and they'll run you down to get into your life. And it doesn't make sense in worldly thinking, though, does it? 
but it does in spiritual thinking. Because once you step into that area and things start chasing you down, they start following you, they start coming at you. All at once, finances come from someplace where you weren't even believing for finances. All at once, you get a brand new car, then you weren't even believing for a car. All at once, these things just start flooding into your life, praise God. And we're not doing this so those things happen. We're doing these things because that's who we are and that's the way we basically do these things, praise God. So as we switch over out of these things and we get in the kingdom of God and get the divisions out of our life, when you look at a person, you've got to see see completely past them into the spirit being that's on the inside of them. If anything, find out where they're at, where they're going. It's, it's, it's more important to know where you're going than to dwell on where you've been. And most Christians basically, well, it's probably too deep for you, but praise God. Get the tape. Tape, listen to it a few times. It'll be fine. Go to Luke chapter 9. Get born again, for God's sakes. Step into the kingdom. All right, Luke chapter 9, look at verse 62. Now we'll check into the disciples. We know that they walked with Jesus. They were close to Jesus. They were Jesus' real close friends there. So, of course, they didn't have any issues. Luke 9, look at verse 62. And Jesus said unto them, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. What's he saying? The kingdom of God is a present-day future kingdom. It has nothing to do with the past whatsoever. You're not fit for the kingdom of God if you're living in the past. You'll never fit into the kingdom of God if you're living in the past. You have to be a future and a present person. Look at verse 60. And Jesus said unto them, Let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach what? The kingdom of God. What's he saying? Don't worry about it. Your past is covered by the love of Jesus in the blood. Your present is controlled by the love of God. And your future will be controlled in the kingdom of God by the love of God. Forget about the past and go on into the future. You cannot live in the past in the kingdom of God. It cannot be done. You have to live in the present now and you have to live in the future, praise God. And I'll tell you what, if you get to this place where you understand how much God cares for you, uh, your ancestry and God and all this stuff, a lot of the rejection issues and stuff that everybody deals with would fall off your life. Your problem is rejection with people. Once you find out God loves you, I don't care who like me and who don't other than him. You see? But everybody not even solid in that. So what they deal with rejection all the time. This one doesn't like me. That doesn't like me. Who cares? When I die, they're not going to be standing up there. We didn't like you. I don't care. Praise God. What matters is what he thinks of me, what he does. And once you get rid of that being rejected spirit, you'll stop rejecting others. You'll stop judging others. You get out of that religious spirit that you're in and see everybody with potential, someone who's going to go do things, someone who's going to move up. I see people when I look at people, potential. I'll talk to them a little bit. I'll try to locate where they're, where they're called and where their potential is. And I'll try to, we, we went on one little side trip that we were there and we had a stop and they, they served us a free meal. Now, the Lord must not answer my prayer because we went to a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> it was delicious. She had a good time there. Praise God. It was, they did have fish. At fish, I could eat that. But uh, we went there, and there was another young couple there from the Carolinas who have like th- two or three teens right now. And they sat down at the table and just started talking about their teens and stuff. Well, I started giving them some advice that I've learned, kingdom ways of raising up teens and everything else. And you could tell that it was clicking because they'll either blow you off or they'll jump in the river. 
And they, they had another question, then they had another question, and what if this happens, what happens? They're sucking that wisdom and knowledge of the kingdom out of the inside of you, see, because they need information, they need wisdom. So I know in, on the inside of them, there is some potential there. And my point is they need to get the potential out of each one of their teenagers because, you know, when you get to teenage, you've got all these different things going. The only thing a teenager needs to do is, is concentrate on what God has called them to do, who he's made them, and jump into the right area that God wants them to be in. And I'll tell you, your life will be sweet all the way out then. And it's the same way whatever age you are here. So notice he says you've got to live in the future. Say, I need to live in the future. All right, Luke chapter 9, look at verse 46. Then there arose a reasoning among them, which of them should be what? The greatest. Aren't these the disciples? And Jesus, perceiving the thought in their heart, took a child, set it by, and said of them, Whosoever shall receive this child in my name receives me, and whosoever shall receive me receives not him that sent me, for he is at least among you, and all shall be great. So here's the disciples walking with Jesus, hearing about loving each other, hearing about doing things. The best teacher in the world. And what's on their mind more than anything? I want to be number one. I want to be his right-hand man. I want to be his left-hand man. And I'll tell you what, they weren't the only two with the problem because as soon as the others found out what they were doing, it made them mad because they wanted the same seat. Now, they probably chewed them out for trying to do that, but the only reason why it made them mad is because they wished they'd have got there first. Come on, here's that thinking. Well, we can't have that in the right hand. I want to be the right hand. No, I want to be up. I want to be You see it in churches half the time, not in this church. But in other churches, always looking to be promoted, always looking to move. Oh, there's pastor. I'm going to be on my best now. Hi, pastor. Oh, I just had such a grace. We was praying in the Holy Ghost all week long. You probably never prayed one prayer. Give me a break. I'm telling you by now, if you've been here for quite a while, you, you need to understand what you see with me is what you get. So you might as well be yourself. Because if you're not, I'm going to be able to tell because what you see is what you get. When you're what you see is what you get her, you know when other people aren't see, getting what they've seen or whatever, you see? You can detect it. You know it. So just be you. That's all you got to do. Just love each other. Just be who you are. Just do it, praise God. All right, look at verse 49. Here's one of my favorites. And John answered and said, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and we forbade him because he didn't follow with us. And Jesus said unto him, Forbid him not. For he that is not against us is for us. And it came to pass when the time was come that he should be received. He steadfastly the face of Jerusalem. He sent messengers before his face, and they went and entered into the city of Samaritans to make ready for him. But the Samaritans did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, will thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elias did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, you don't even know what spirit you are of, man. For the Son of Man has not come to destroy men's life. He's come to save men's life. All right, what happened here? Here we have two separate stories that took place, praise God. And each of the stories, you see what's manifesting on the inside of these disciples that needs to be changed in their life. First of all, they saw somebody over here casting out devils. And how many know, if you're in the kingdom, casting out devils is usually a pretty good thing that's, that's going on. But the problem was... They weren't part of their church. They were from the first demon caster outer church and we're Treasure Coast Victory Center. So in my heart, I'd rather they just let them demons go. Just let them in those people until they come join our church. And then they can cast the demons out so that everybody knows that a member of TCVC cast that demon out of there. Hey, you're either for the kingdom 
or you're against the kingdom. Not for a denomination, not for uh, any kind of religion. You're either for the kingdom or you're against the kingdom. And casting out devils is a good thing. How many of you know that? So they walk a little bit further, and they're Jewish, and they're going through the Samaritan place, and the Samaritans wouldn't receive them. Why was that? They were prejudiced, weren't they? They were prejudiced. They said, they ain't coming through here. They're Jewish people. They're prejudiced. So the disciples wanted to top that prejudice. So they said, Lord, Lord, and we're going to use Scripture now because we're so taught in it. Elias burned them up when this kind of stuff happened in the Old Testament. So if he wants us to, we're going to call fire down from heaven, and we're going to burn it up. Notice, notice how they tried to religitize it, make it a holy operation, make it an acceptable operation. Well, Elias did this, see? And he was a great man of God in the Old Testament. So we're going to burn them up to make you happy. And Jesus looks at him and said, you don't even know what kind of spirit you're from. I mean, you know, that knocked them back on their heels. Oh, yeah. He says, we're not here to destroy people's lives. We're here to save people's lives. So what's he say? We're not here to divide people. We're not here to put people down. We're not here to judge people. We're not here to get mad if they got an earring. We're not here to get mad if they're black or white or orange or anything else. Let the world deal with that. Let the politicians deal with that stuff out there. They're doing a very good job of it themselves messing it up. Notice, we're dealing with a spiritual part of a person. We're dealing with who that person really is. And on the inside of every person you run onto, there's more positive things in them than what's outside of them, if you can just see it that way. And I want to draw that out of them. I want to draw more and more of the teacher out of Susan. I want to draw more and just keep sucking stuff out of the inside of her and give her a chance. James is going to have an opportunity here pretty soon to do some teaching classes. How many know those are always very good? He's going to be coming. I want James to have an opportunity. I want James to have to study and learn more. I want James to grow up a little bit more into things of God. I want James to press into those things. What is that for? It's basically we want everybody to grow up. In the kingdom of God, it's not how high you get it's how high you can help others get. See, it's completely different than the world. In the world, it's, I'll climb right over the top of you if I got to, to get that CEO job or that job or this job or that job. And I tell you, they're feeding you all kind of junk all the time on TV out there, every single time. You see it happening where they're fighting over this job or fighting over that job or this poor person should have had the job, that poor person. Trust me, God will promote you. If they don't recognize what you're doing and they don't appreciate it, don't worry. He'll just move, move them out of there. He won't call fire down, but he'll move you out of there. Praise God. But, I mean, if you read the Bible and you don't have any understanding, you read the scripture about calling the fire down, how many know you'd like to do that? Don't you wish Jesus would have said, yeah, call it down? How many times would you be calling it down on a daily basis? Come on, wouldn't that have been good? Yeah, you're doing it right. Call it down if they don't like you. Don't you like me? How about you? Do you like me? Oh, yeah, I like you now. I didn't like you before, but I just grew in love for you at this time right now. See, but that's not it is. And sometimes we remember what, what coincides with our thought life. You see, that's not those stupid Samaritans. That's not right. But the disciples are the ones who should have knew more, not the Samaritans at this time. They should have understood that they needed to walk in love. So divisions are in our life. There's things there. You're going to recognize them in your life. They're in every one of our lives. We all grew up someplace, didn't we? We all grew up in a certain environment, didn't we? We all grew up to think a certain way. Many times our parents. I mean, you look back on your parents. Hallelujah. I mean, since you changed, you see that they had some issues sometimes. Didn't know that they had them, were doing their best, but my gosh, now you see them. Well, I figure the more issues I can get out of the next generation, maybe we can get a little more issues out of the next generation, more issues out of the next generation, so, you know, somebody can walk up and say, hey, that guy, what do you think that guy back there with the 22 earrings, the 14 the, the tattoos, the red hair, the short hair, and he was black? And I say, was he all those things? I didn't know he had an earring. He did have a tattoo, what did it say? Is he black or white? 
See, we've got to get beyond that. We've got to get beyond in the kingdom of God if we're going to live in the kingdom of God. Because all this stuff brings peace into your life. And peace is a key to the kingdom of God. It opens up the windows of heaven for you in your area of each and every life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right. Praise God. That's it. Jump up this morning. Thank you for listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.